Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Yes. Let your amen be loud. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We are privileged by God to be in his presence. And in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. So be expecting the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. Be expecting the strength of the Holy Spirit to come upon you Hallelujah. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. You are here with us. Your power is here. Your presence is here. We thank you for the miracles. We thank you for healings, for deliverance. We thank you for the understanding. We thank you for the manifestation of the power of your word in the name that is above every name. Thank you for setting the captives free. Thank you for bringing healing to those who need healing, directions to those who are confused, and thank you for giving rest to those who are weary. We thank you, we worship you, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' precious name we are praying. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still waiting for the mic. Um, okay. Uh, it's, it's difficult to stand at one place. I like to move around. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we are, my wife and our team, we are privileged by God to be here to celebrate this wonderful Magma impact which each and every one of you. It is our prayer that by the time we are living here, each and every one of us will be full of the word of God. We will gain more understanding to why we need to study the scriptures, why we need to read the scriptures. Hallelujah. So we, if I look at the outline, So the first bullet point is, do you want to make reading the Bible part of your everyday life? Would you like to know how and where to start? Have we ever felt it difficult or overwhelming to be consistent or see the overall purpose of this daily discipline? Hallelujah. Now, the truth of the matter is that only 1% of believers have a natural zeal to read the Bible. That's the truth. Only 1%. Only 1% of believers naturally can just read their Bible without any struggles. The remaining 99% have to develop this daily habit. They have to be determined to make this a practice. So there is a need for us to re-emphasize on the importance of it and why we need to engage in this daily habit. Amen? Amen. First of all, I want you to know that the Bible is a living document. The Bible is a what? Is a living document. In fact, as a matter of fact, it is the only book that is alive. It is the only book that is living. It is the only book that the Spirit of God is in it. Amen. Now, there are so many, if you go to YouTube, social media, you see so many things that are being posted about the Bible. There are so many arguments about the Bible. And you will hear things like scriptures are not the word of God. You will hear a statement like that. 
you will hear a statement like scriptures or scripture is not the word of God, that Jesus is the word of God. But the truth of the matter is that it is impossible to know this man called Jesus without the scriptures. Any understanding of Jesus Christ outside the scriptures is an error. I repeat it again. Any understanding of Jesus Christ outside the scriptures, outside what is written in scriptures, is an error. It's an error. The spirit of lie, the spirit of manifestation is at work. And that is what you are going to see in these last days. People are going to come out with revelations that are not in line with scriptures about Jesus, about the things of God. So that is why the earlier you develop a daily habit, spending time in the word of God, searching scriptures for yourself, knowing how to study the Bible, knowing how to read scriptures, will help you to easily identify these errors that have been propagated by the devil and his agents. Amen? Amen. So this is a discipline that you have to do it by force. You see, in the Islamic religion, they will beat you so much till you are able to recite Quran from the first to the last. You see, because Christianity is not that way, we don't take the word of God serious. We don't put so much you know, uh, energy into learning scriptures, quoting scriptures, reciting scriptures, because our God is so forgiving, so loving, we can do anything and still come back and be crying and, you know, asking God for all kinds of, you know, the reason why we repent every day is because we are not really serious. Let, let me ask you a question. Imagine you're four years, no, let's say 10 years old. Every day when she wakes up, the first thing is, Mommy, forgive me. I'm sorry. I, I won't do anything bad again. I won't do this. And every day she's repeating the same thing. Every day she comes to your presence, she's asking for forgiveness. How will you feel about that son or daughter of yours? Is it, you think something has gone wrong upstairs, is that not it? Something is wrong with her. Why would she be asking you for forgiveness every day? She's repenting and she goes back into the same habit. The things that she has confessed, she will go and do it again. She will go and repeat it. And that's the behavior of majority of the Christian Christians. About 99% of scriptures, the same Christian, the same sins they will confess today, the same they will confess tomorrow, tomorrow next, the same thing. So, in the eyes of God, God is looking at most of us as spiritual babies. You see, earthly parents would not accept this behavior, but that's what we are doing to God. And the reason is that we don't understand scriptures. We don't know scriptures. We don't know what is written. Are you getting it? We don't know what is written because you, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 11, from 10, I mean, at least you can start from 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. He said, this is the new covenant I will make. He said, I will write my law. That is scriptures. I will write scriptures in their heart. You see that? He will write scriptures in our heart. And we will walk with him. He will be our God. We will be his children. And that our sins and iniquities, he will not remember. So in the new covenant, God doesn't have the capacity to remember your sins. Are you getting it? In the new covenant, God doesn't have that capacity to remember your sins. He started prophesying in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33. A new covenant I will make with the house of Israel. Jeremiah 30, 31, 32, 33. You see the outline of the new covenant where God was talking about this covenant will be written in our heart. Written in our heart. And based on the content of the new covenant, the, new, the believer doesn't have the capacity to continue in sin. The new covenant believer doesn't have the capacity to continue in sin. But see, ignorance will make you to sin. I got in it. Ignorance will put you in sin. 
Ignorance is a disease. Ignorance is dangerous. You see, you can teach a man who lacks knowledge, but to teach a man who is ignorant is difficult. For example, we are told in scriptures that the fool have said there is no God. How many of you have, you know, can remember that scripture? I think uh, Psalms 14. You see that the fool has said in his heart there is no God. So as far as the fool is concerned, he's the master of his life. <laughs> there is no God. If I was to ask you to define who a fool is, you would give me a wrong definition, I know for sure. You see, a fool is somebody who has not made Jesus his Lord and Savior. That's a fool. But see, the way we define things, we def any definition of such creatures is wrong. Any definition of such creatures is what? It's wrong. Because scriptures are the oldest words written to mankind. It is a living document. It is the heart of God. The Bible is the heart of God. It is the mind of God. It is the spirit of God. It is not an ordinary book. That book called the Bible is alive forevermore. That is why it would be impossible for any man to override the content of the book called the Bible. What they can do, they can give you different versions and take out certain things out of it. And that's what they started to do. That is why you have to arm yourself with the knowledge of the word of God. And you can only do this when you give time to the study of God's word. When you give time to read God's word. When you give time to meditate in the word of God. Because in the word of God lies the will of God for your life. You see, the word of God, which is what we call scriptures, is connected to the will of God for your life. It's connected to the will of God for your life. So having the basic understanding of God's word is of great importance to your existence here on earth. Praise the Lord. Now, why should we study the word of God? You see, you cannot escape the darkness in this world except you possess the adequate knowledge of God's word. You can't escape the darkness that is in this world. And according to Isaiah chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, we are told that gross darkness will cover the people. He said darkness is covering the earth, but gross darkness is covering the people. Gross darkness means that individually the darkness that are coming upon the individuals is more, is thicker, is more darker. It's more darker. You see, we have so much freedom here that we, we don't value the freedom that we have. The average Christian in China have the whole New Testament in their head. Because over there, if you are caught holding the Bible, they will kill you. So the average Chinese Christian can recite almost half of the New Testament. <laughs> and they have their churches in the basement. Here, I mean, if I were to put this, that how many of you can recite 10 scriptures? Quote 10 scriptures right now. I don't think I'll find out, but I don't have to mention the number. But the average Chinese Christian have half of the New Testament in their head. Because the way they do it is they, they have to hide and study scriptures. They have to hide and learn. They will choose scriptures to be able to live by it. Because over there, if you are caught, you are finished. And yet here we are, look at, look at us here. Every day, come for Bible studies, nobody will show up. Study your Bible, nobody will do it. How are you going to escape? How are you going to escape? Certain things have become normal in Christianity. Certain things have become, because people have stopped studying scriptures. There are some, some things that have been, Christians have been conditioned to assess certain practices in some denominations. That right now, even children at age five can decide what they want to be. Their parents no longer have the right that if a five-year-old wants to tell their teacher 
that look, I feel like I'm a girl, not a boy. That is it. You've lost that child. You've lost that child. And yet Christians are comfortable. We are sitting in churches very comfortable with all these things going on because we don't possess enough light to affect our communities. We don't carry the power of God to affect our communities. And the reason we don't have it is because the content of the living word is not in us. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, when you have enough word inside you, a time is coming, your behavior, everything will be influenced by the word. Hallelujah. You see, there are dimensions of God's word. We have the water of the word of God. We have what? The water of the word of God. So, this water is just to wash you. It's just to wash you. Praise the Lord. Dimensions of God's word. We have the water of the word. We have the milk of the word. We have the strong meat, solid food. Then we have the honey or better level of the word. Each dimension of the word has an effect in you. Each dimension of the word has an effect in you. We are talking in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, talking about Jesus and the church. The church being the bride, Jesus being the bridegroom. The scripture says that he will sanctify us by the washing of the water of the word. By the washing of what? The water of the word. So the initial stages of scriptures, when you read scriptures, the first benefit of reading scriptures is that you get washed. You get washed. Your mind gets washed. Your spirit gets washed. Your body gets washed. That's the first benefit of reading or studying scriptures. You get washed by the word of God because the word of God is alive. The word of God is quick. The word of God is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. So when you go into scriptures, you get washed by the water of the word of God. For example, if you go out there, you will hear people cursing. You will hear so many conversations that are not edifying. Or sometimes, even at your job place, you'll be engaged with some conversation with friends, you might watch some movies, some things that are not edifying. When you come back home, you have to go into your shower. You have to take the shower of the word of God to wash yourself. So every day as a believer, you have to take spiritual shower. And studying scriptures is a spiritual bath. Taking a spiritual bath, washing yourself from all the filthiness of the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. That's what Jesus said. So anytime you go into them, you get contaminated. You, some death rub on you. Some things comes upon you. So you go into the word, you open scriptures, and then the word of God begins to wash you. The Holy Spirit begins to wash you with the word. Your mind is renewed. Your mind is transformed. You get in alignment with God's word. Hallelujah. Now, the second aspect of the word of God is this. It is milk. It is what? It is milk. You see, when children are born, they have to stand on the level of milk for a while. And the essence of milk is to make them to grow. So as a newborn Christian, you have to grow by taking the milk level of the word. You leave the water level and then you go into the milk level. Unfortunately, so many Christians don't want to grow. <laughs> so they are still taking the water level of God's word. Amen? Let's, let's go into scriptures. Let's look at that one. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. The first one, you can find it in Ephesians 5.26. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. 
why you have to make reading the Bible a daily habit. Praise the Lord. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guilt and hypocrisies and envies and evil speaking. Is it not interesting that Apostle Peter is using words like hypocrisy, envies, evil speaking, malice? He wasn't writing to unbelievers. Did you notice that? He was talking to believers like you and I. He was talking to Christians. Christians who are hypocrites. Hypocrisy in Christianity, lying in Christianity, stealing in Christianity, all kinds of sins in Christianity. Paul, Peter was writing to Christians, talking to Christians to lay aside, to put off, to put off, just like you put off your jacket. Say, stop lying, stop stealing, stop cheating, stop practicing sin. Is it not strange? The believers are told to lay aside hypocrisy, envy, lying. <laughs> because now verse 2, it says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word of God so that you will grow. So a Christian who is not studious, who is, who is not a student of the word of God is most likely to be an hypocrite. It's most likely to be a thief. Yeah, that's the truth. He said, lay aside. He was talking to believers, I noted. He said, lay aside. He said, now you are like a newborn baby. You are like a child. Lay aside. Lay aside. Hypocrisy. Lying. Malice. He said, but as a child, as a baby, desire the sincere make of the word. So that you will grow. You see, this is the dimension of God's word that will make you to grow. That will make you to do what? To grow. The mid-dimension of God's word will make you to do what? To grow. But you have to engage it. You have to study scriptures to the point that the Holy Spirit takes you to that dimension. First, you, as you start reading scriptures, all you are getting is the water dimension. When you start to study scriptures carefully, You'll be getting the water dimension of the word. That one washes your body, the physical, just washes the other part. But the one that will grow your spirit, the one that will make your spirit strong, is the milk level. Is the milk level. Imagine a young, a, a baby that is not taking milk. The baby will die soon. So Christians who are babies, who have refused the milk level of God's word, it's a matter of time. They'll go back into the world. They'll go back into the world. And then if time is not taken, if care is not taken, if, they, if there are no spiritually matured ones to go after them and help them and groom them, they will end up losing their salvation. It's a matter of time they will reject Jesus. They will, they will say all these things are fake. Because that dimension of God's word was missing. Nobody told them. Nobody told them. When I became born again as a police officer, I went to my friend's house, I saw books, tapes of other great men of God, and I gathered about three plastic bags. And for the next one year, I have only two hours to do police duties in the morning. The rest of my time, I was inside hearing, listening, making notes, reading, cross-checking every verse. Within six months, those who were teaching me the Bible, they couldn't teach me the Bible again. I was quoting scriptures, telling them certain things that they were asking, how did you get to know? You know he said, where is it written? Where in the Bible? There was one particular guy, he argued so much. When I told him that Paul was separated from the mother's womb to preach the gospel, even though naturally Paul was a murderer, but if you read Galatians, he said that God when it pleased God, who separated me from them? He said, no, only Jeremiah. <laughs> he said, only Jeremiah. Then I said, okay, fine. Let's do it. Let's search it out. He said, how do you know that? Within six months, I left them. They couldn't teach me anything. 
Because everything they were saying wasn't right. You see, unfortunately, so many Christians, they don't do any research. Anything that comes, they will just take it. Whatever food, they throw, whether it is poison, you know, the food can look nice, but inside it is poison. How many of you remember the story in Kenya about the, 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 the awkward pastor in Kenya that has made his members to fast to abate that something died? Yeah, this is just last week's uh, story that I'm telling. They, they are still discovering more bodies. I mean, if, if, I mean, you can see spiritual ignorance, spiritual blindness at work. A man is asking you to fast and he's not fasting. Can you imagine that? He's not fasting. There's no sign that this man is fasting. Yet you see members who have fasted till they became skeletons and died. Because they won't search scriptures for themselves. They won't take the Bible and read. Jesus told them, he said, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have life. Search the scriptures. We have a generation now that is so lazy. They will do everything except to search scriptures. They can waste time on unnecessary things, useless things, unprofitable things. And one of the, one of the danger of America is that because of the economical power of America, it has made people to think that they don't know God. So there is, there is more darkness in America than any part of the world. Listen carefully. There is more darkness in America than any part of America is darker than Africa. Tell them I said it. And I can prove it in scriptures. The devil has a foothold in America than any nation of the earth. That is why they are going around trying to force policies on other nations. This is Satan's headquarters. So don't think you are in America, you've escaped here. No, you are in the center of it. If you don't get into scriptures, the horror of darkness coming, you can't escape it. You won't have capacity to withstand. So many things. Look, now you have your physical Bibles, but let me tell you, very soon it will be impossible to have Bibles even in your cell phone. Don't forget about hard copies. They won't be there. Don't be there. The only way you will survive is the ones, the scriptures that you have stored in your spirit man. The one that your spirit man will be bringing per time. Hallelujah. And remember what Jesus told them. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You see, that man is not this body. It's the region. The region that no one can see. They read you that is exactly like your physical body. He said, that man will live by the word of God. That is scriptures. You see, so as you, as you study scriptures, as you read your Bible, the man inside you is being fed. The man inside you is what? He's being fed. Just like you eat three times a day, the man inside you needs to eat to remain strong, to be able to withstand sin. Look, we are told in Timothy, sin is called, say, the mystery of iniquity. Sin is a mystery. Sin is a what? A mystery is something that is hidden. It takes the Holy Ghost to reveal it. So if you think on your own, you have capacity to withstand the horror of sin coming, you are playing religion. You can't stand it. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. So you will need, your spirit have to grow, your spirit have to become strong, and it will, it's only one source. It's only one source. The word of God, the state of scriptures. Now let me tell you, there's a place for prayer, and there's a place for the word. They have different functions. Some Christians are hiding under prayer to make up for their ignorance in, this, in scriptures. <laughs> If you, if you go for holy prayer and leave the word, you are still in trouble. And if you go for the word and you leave prayer to you, are still in trouble. Both have to be at the same level. Prayer and the word. That is the whole detail of a believer. 
prayer and the word if you want to escape the mystery of iniquity. Many years ago, some Americans went to South Korea, Young Church Church. And the young teacher asked them to go and pray. He went and put them in, in his church building that they should pray. Within 10 minutes, they were done praying. How many minutes? 10 minutes. <laughs> when the young teacher came and saw them, they were already sitting there eating snacks. 10 minutes, they finished praying. The man of God, how, how are you going to have revival in your church? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Let me tell you something. If the man inside you is not properly fed, just like physically, if you don't eat right, it will affect your body. Remember some children in Af Africa, we call them kwashako. Huh? Malnutrition. That is what most believers are right now. If God should give you a clear picture of your real spiritual status, some of you will see yourself, you are spiritually malnutrition. Your stomach be bigger than your legs. Now, how can such a Christian go to the war front? How can such a Christian put on the whole arm of God? You will fall down. You can't carry it. You don't have weight. No capacity. And the devil will weigh you. The devil will do what? Go and read the, the temptation of Jesus. And the devil took him. The devil did what? If the devil took Jesus... He will blow you. I've forgotten first, uh, first Samuel chapter 2, the song of Hannah, when she was exhorting God. He said, he said God, who, he said, in whom actions are weighed. He said, let not the proud or the wicked speak arrogantly. Because God is a God of knowledge in whom actions are what? Weighed. God weighs you spiritually. God weighs you what? Because you are a newborn baby. He has to weigh you to see your weight level. Are you getting it? He weighed a king in the days of Daniel. Do you remember the writings on the wall? He said you have been weighed and found what? Wanting. What is your spiritual weight? What is your spiritual weight? And then you want to go against principalities. That has been in your father's house thousands of years. You want to uproot them with no weight. You are joking. The, the man inside you is not strong. He's weak. So the curses in your father's house, they are still there. Playing religion. So many Christians are just playing religion. You see, when it comes to prayer, if the man inside is not properly fed, your prayer will lack resource. Your prayer will do what? Will lack resource. Jesus made this statement to Peter. He said, Peter, the devil desire you to blow you, to sift you and blow you like wheat. So the devil capacity against you is if you don't have any weight. So the devil likes Christians who lack weight. Christians who are not spiritually fit. Christians who are not spiritually strong. They've not built their muscles. The devil is happy with those Christians because he can always blow you like wheat. He can blow you like chaff. And there's only one way to build the strength of your spirit to study scriptures. To study your Bible on a daily basis. When you open the Bible and you begin to study scriptures, you are building the weight of your spirit. Your spirit man is being fed. Your spirit man begins to grow. Your spirit man begins to take charge. And it's a matter of time. That devil that was tormenting you will no longer be able to torment you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. But unfortunately, so many Christians are comfortable. They feed their bodies three times a day. And then once a week or once a month, they feed the man inside. And they are wondering why they can't have spiritual victories. Because the man inside, who is spiritual, is weak. He can't function. He can't function. He has been malnutritioned, no strength. He can't put on the whole arm of God. 
he can't command no force, no power in him. Naturally, you see, if children don't have, you know, energy, you, you a parent, you'll be concerned. Can you imagine your 12-year-old cannot run like other children, can't play like other children, everybody's picking on her or him? Can you imagine that? It will bother you. You, you, would, you would want, look, listen, you have to stand for yourself. You have to fight. But there's no strength. He doesn't have the capacity. You see. And in this world, God has handed, God has handed his authority. Jesus has handed his authority to the church. We have the authority. We have to deal with the devil. Jesus is not coming to deal with the devil for you. You have to deal with the devil based on the word of God inside you. Based on the love of God's word inside you. You have to deal with the devil. You have to deal with that sickness. You have to rebuke that sickness and command it to leave your body and it must go. Because Jesus, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus spoke to a fig tree. He said, from today, no man will eat fruit of thee. The following day, when they were coming, the fig tree dried from its root. Then the disciples told him, ah, he said, Master, the fig tree that you curse is withered from the root. And Jesus said, have the God kind of faith. You see, when you eat the word of God enough, you will manifest the God kind of faith. Hallelujah. When you eat the word of God enough, you will manifest the God kind of faith. You can speak to issues. You can order things in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. You can reprogram your life. You can order things. You can change events. You can change the course of history in your lineage. Hallelujah. A man who knows how to eat God's word. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16, Jeremiah made this profound statement. He said, Thou words were found, and I did eat them. I did what? Eat them. I did eat them. So, understand that reading your Bible is like having your spiritual meal. In fact, as, as a matter of fact, that's the truth. Reading your Bible on a daily basis is having what? Your spiritual meal. Your spiritual meal. Unfortunately, so many will go one week, two weeks, without taking time to study scriptures, to meditate on scriptures. So, the man inside them is weak. So, headache can knock them down. Fever can bring them down. Common cold. They will run to hospital. They will be in the hospital for two weeks. Come on. You come to a point when sickness touches your body, the virus must die instantly. The virus must do what? Die instantly. You see, when you eat God's word, when you feed on scriptures, divinity is transmitted into your spirit. Divinity is transmitted into what? Into your spirit. Then it begins to affect your body. It begins to affect your body. The sickness becomes your servant. You speak to sickness, they must go. You command demons, they must leave. Because your spirit is in charge. Hallelujah. Since 1999, I've never felt sick. 1999. Never felt sick. Any sick, sicknesses know that can make it sick. Any sickness, a command, one command from my mouth is enough. I don't care the name, I don't care what it is called. I'm not bragging, I'm saying this to the praise of God. When I became born again, I heard a man of God say, he said for 13 years he has never felt sick. I said, ah, because mine was every day. So, the, the time I was telling you, when I, when I locked myself in the room and I began to eat, I came to that point. I said, I can never be sick. Amen. And the sickness tried. You see, the devil will challenge your faith. Within one month, I couldn't get up. One morning, it's like somebody has placed a heavy load on me. I knew it was an attack from the pit of hell. And I heard my spirit say, you see, you have to eat God's word. Listen carefully to this testimony. I heard the voice of God. If you go to hospital, you will make it. You will die. <laughs> I heard God. I heard it so clearly. If you go to hospital, you will, you will make it. You will die. But if you lie down here too, you are good. 
you, you will lie down here for long. Then I got up. I gathered strength. I said, Holy Spirit, help me, strengthen me. Give me strength to get up. When I came out, the, one of my students saw me and nobody told her that I was sick. They knew, I mean, everything looked sick. And she said, sir, are you sick? And I said, who told you that I'm sick? I cannot be sick. I cannot be sick. As I said those words, the power of God fell on me. I was loosed instantly. That was the last time. That was the last time that attack came. That was the last time. I cannot be sick. I cannot be sick. Go and read Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 going. He said, my son, attend to my words. That is, go into your closet. Start reading scriptures. Incline your ears to my saying. Keep them in the midst of your heart. The verse 20, it says, for they are life to those who find them and medicine to all their flesh. So scriptures are spiritual medicine to your flesh. Unfortunately, some of you are so happy with the medications they give you. 1, 6 a.m., 12 p.m., 6 p.m. And you do it religiously with total commitment, ignorance in the highest order. The word of God is a medicine to all your flesh. Medicine. Medicine, healing to all your flesh. So when you go into scriptures, that is, divinity is transmitted into your spirit, then it begins to affect your body. Then your body begins to function the way God wants it to function. Hallelujah. So desire the milk level of God's word. Then you will grow. That is the beginning of your growth. The milk level of God's word is the beginning of your spiritual growth. Then we have strong meat. We have what? Strong meat. This is the dimension where you know between good and evil. That's a dimension you know between what? There are some Christians now, if you put them to test, they will fail. They will know what is good. They will know what is evil. I'm telling the truth. Strong meat level, you will know what is good and evil because you have exercised yourself into that level. Let's go to Hebrews Hebrews chapter 5. So the milk level of God's word will make you to grow. Is that not it? Alright. So from today, if you want to grow, make reading of scriptures a daily habit. Hebrews chapter 5. You see, the danger of staying in the milk level, look at what Paul said here. It says, of whom we have many things to say and how to be uttered, seeing you are door of hearing. When you stay at the milk level of God's word, what happens to you is that your spiritual perception becomes dull. You have to move to the next level. You see, the milk level, you don't have the capacity to hear God's voice. You don't have the capacity to hear his audible voice or inner voice. Even your dreams can be corrupted by the devil. Your dreams can be what? Corrupted by the devil. If we stay at the milk level, your perception will be dull. Will be dull. When I, when I landed at JF Kennedy in 2003, I told myself, who asked me to come here? That's the first thing that came out of. When I saw the way people were dressed in New York, <laughs> I said, Lord, who asked me to come here? I stood one, I stood at that place contemplating whether to go back or to continue. Because what I was seeing, we don't see that, I was not seeing that in Accra. <laughs> then the voice of God came to me so clearly. The season of your life will change each time you decide to use your faith. I heard it so clearly. Not that a prophet told me. I heard it. Then I moved forward. Because my decision was to go back But I heard the voice of God say, go forward. When you enter to strong, strong meat is the, another translation put is solid food. Now, can you imagine you drinking 
infant milk at your age. <laughs> morning, you have infant milk in the morning, evening, afternoon, all the seasons. That's what you are having. Ah. <laughs> they will bury you in no time. Yeah, so many Christians are comfortable in that stage because they don't want to move to the next level in the state of God's word. This is, this is the dimension of God's word where you begin, you start, the Holy Spirit will help you to understand words. And, and the Holy Spirit will, have, will help you to understand mysteries. And he will begin to connect scriptures. So the Holy Spirit can connect a scripture in Jeremiah and link it to Hebrews. For example, if you look at the writings of Paul, especially the book of Hebrews, you see the majority of the writings of Hebrews came from Jeremiah about the new covenant. Especially Hebrews chapter 8. You begin to see a connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You are at the solid level of the word of God. Solid food. Strong meat level. That and nobody can confuse you about scriptures. Nobody can come and tell you there are errors in scriptures. Or the Bible is not coordinated. No. That time the Holy Spirit will coordinate scriptures. At this level, the Holy Spirit will coordinate scriptures for you. You begin to see... You, you will see the book of Galatians and you look at the book of um, Genesis and you see coordinations. Because whatever is written in Galatians is, is coming from Genesis. At this level, you will understand the ministry of Paul the Apostle. Because Paul's argument and Paul's writing, if you want to summarize everything Paul wrote, was this. We are no longer to live under the dictates of the law. We are not under grace. We are not under grace. The law can no longer provide righteousness. It is grace that provides righteousness by faith. That was Paul's argument. So from the book of Romans, you see Paul laying his argument that he brought in the faith of Abraham. That took him to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, then Galatians. To all his writings, you will see Paul emphasizing on two things. Righteousness by faith, not by the law. And the first time righteousness was credited to any man was in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. That was Abraham. And Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Not that he did any work. Not that he did any physical work. So righteousness in the New Testament is a gift. You can't work it. Are you getting it? So most Christians think that they can be righteous by their good deeds. It's a sin. Is a what? In the Old Testament, you could get away with it. God will look at your heart under the law. That's why the Pharisees were so pious. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5? Except your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees. Under Matthew 6 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and not your righteousness, his. So as a New Testament believer, you have to receive his righteousness in order to live a righteous life. If you go with your own, yours is a fatal rack before him. It's not acceptable. Somebody say, well, don't talk about that. You have to be holy. Because the scripture says, be you holy because I am holy. Jesus is your holiness. Are you getting it? In the New Testament, it is no longer you. You study scriptures to the point that you understand that in the New Testament, there's an exchange. Mortality has been exchanged with immortality. That's what is happening. So as a New Testament believer, you understand that you are one with Christ Jesus. And he has offered you his wisdom. He has offered you his righteousness. He has offered you his holiness. You can't be holy by your human standard. No. You become holy by receiving his holiness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. It said because of God we are in Christ Jesus who is made unto us wisdom. Righteousness. Sanctification. That means holiness. Are you getting it? So all this holiness movement that want to use physical appearance, they are deceiving themselves. Christ is your holiness. 
Christ is who? Your holiness. You receive his holiness. As you receive his holiness, you receive his righteousness. There's a divine exchange. That's what Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. He said, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives inside me. Now, somebody will argue, but look at the last part of Paul's statement. He said, the life that I live in the flesh, that is my natural life, is no longer me. It is Christ living through me. That's the essence of the New Testament. For Christ to live through you. For Christ to do what? To live through you. That is the essence of the New Testament, not you. You are no longer alive. If you have understanding to scriptures, your own nature was crucified with Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. So if the old you that was capable of sinning was crucified with Christ, how come you are still sinning? How come you still confess your sin every day? The old man is dead. The man of sin has been crucified. Hallelujah. This is the solid dimension of what? God's word, the solid food. You enter into this dimension, you wake up in the morning, it is no longer you, but Christ Jesus. Wherever you appear, Christ has appeared. Wherever you find yourself, Jesus is there. You take charge of the environment. That place is sanctified. That place is cleansed. The presence of God is all over that place. It is no longer you. You see, that's another dimension of God's word. But you, see, you have to give yourself to studies to get to that level. You have to give yourself to reading the Bible. You have to read it religiously. You have to dedicate yourself, bury yourself there. Sit down there until something opens to you. Sit down there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, so the solid dimension, the solid food, the solid meat dimension of God's word takes you to that realm where you see divinity manifesting in you. It is no longer you. It is Christ Jesus living through you. That level, you don't have the capacity to sin. You don't. It's not like you won't sin. It is no longer there. The man of sin has been crucified. You go and read Romans chapter 6. He said, if we are buried with him and risen with him, then we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You are a resurrected being. You are a what? Who are you? That's who you are. You are not a natural being again. You are not a human being. For, for someone to sit down to say they are going to charm you, they are going to cast a spell, they are going to make you sick, they are going to bewitch you, it's waste of time. It's waste of time. You can't charm a spirit, can you? No. You can't, they can't do that. He says, surely, even under the old covenant, Numbers 23, surely there's no enchantment against Jacob. Is that not it? No divination. So they can't divine anything about you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. At this level, you are a master of magicians. A master of sorcerers. A master of witches and wizards. They are under your control. They are under what? When you say they are dead, they are dead. He said, I'm from Saboba. How many of you know Saboba? Northern Ghana. They practice witchcraft like they drink water. I'm a cucumber. And I can say that in the whole Ghana, our tribe are more diabolical than any other tribe. So when I became born again, the devil whispered in my ears. He said, they will kill you before your time. He said, just have some charm, you know, for additional protection. I said, Satan, if I perish, I perish. But I say this to the glory of God. In no which in Sawaba, they are all dead. They are all dead. They gang up against my father. They surrendered his house and they started shooting. And we went to as far as to the Minister of Interior to report that case. The government won't do anything. I told my family, but we have a God in heaven who will do something. I gave them three days. That anyone, in, all those who were part, their family, their children, they are all dead. Over 50 people have died. Notorious witches 
hardcore witches died. Their worms were eating them alive. Some of them were urinating and drinking it. What are you talking? I'm no longer a human being. You can't try me. You are dead. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you the reality of the power of God's word. When God's word enters you, you become a divine being. You are no longer a natural being. You are no longer a human being. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not me. Christ is living in me. Christ is living in me. Christ is living in me. That is who you are in Christ Jesus. You come to that understanding that it is no longer you. Daniel, who didn't have the Holy Ghost, was made a master of sorcerers, a master of magicians. They were under the control of Daniel. Can you imagine you? Who has the Holy Ghost in you? That witches are not under your control. Devils are not under your control. Native daughters are not under your control. If they are not under your control, you are a disgrace to redemption. If they are not under your control, you are a disgrace. That's the truth. That's the truth. They are under your control. You are master over them. They can't charm you. They can't do you nothing. You see, but you have to steady yourself to get to that level. You get to that dimension that when they call your name, they will tremble. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And we'll be wrapped, I'll be wrapping up. I think my time is almost up. I have five more minutes. The last, the last dimension of God's word is the milk and honey level. Sorry, the honey and butter level. That can be found in Isaiah chapter 4. That was the dimension Jesus walked in. That he would know to choose good. You see, this level, you only choose good. He said he will eat honey, butter and honey, so that he will know to choose what? Good. That's why when the devil tempted him, he, he didn't have any... There was no, it was not a match. In the temptation the devil brought to Jesus, Jesus manifested his choice. He chose the good. He chose the good. Strong level, he said you will descend between good and bad. Solid meat, you will descend between what? Good and bad. But the honey dimension, you just choose good. Your will is wanting just to do the will of God. What it means dying or alive, you just want to do the will of God. That's the time of total surrender. Our time is out. I can't finish everything. But this, these are benefits of what? Reading your Bible. Going into deep studies in scriptures. Making reading the Bible a daily practice. Don't be forced to do it. Do it willingly. Search the scriptures. Read it. Meditate on it. And where do I start? That was the last question they asked. Where to start? Start, the, start reading the writings of Paul. When we were growing up, they told us to study John. How many of you remember any time they were telling, it says study the book of John. I would recommend you to, to read the writings of Paul. You see, the writings of Paul tells you your union with Christ. That's the foundation of your faith. Are you getting it? The foundation of your faith is your union with Christ, your oneness with Christ. That it is no longer you, but Christ. If you don't have that foundation, you can't withstand any force from the pit of hell. So start from the book of Romans. Study the writings of Paul. It will help you to understand the ministry of Jesus and the old covenant, the old testament. Because the writings of Paul was to the church is to the church. We are the church. Jesus didn't minister to the church. He didn't preach to the church. Jesus ministered under the old covenant. Grace started the day of Pentecost. And the letters to the church began from Romans. So when you read the writings of Paul, Paul was talking to the church. We are the church. Hallelujah. So study the writings of Paul. It will tell you your union with Christ. It will tell you your oneness with Christ you will understand the life of Jesus Christ, the ministry of Jesus Christ, and you will understand the Old Covenant better, the Old Testament better. Hallelujah. Amen. If you don't do that, 
you'll be, your knowledge will be mixed up. That's why some Christians, they can't tell. They can't tell the difference. They can't tell the difference. The Old Testament, the, the, the Gospels and the writings of Paul, they are confused. Study the writings of Paul. Start from Romans. Study those ones, those books carefully. It will help you to understand the ministry of Jesus and it will help you to understand the Old Covenant. Hallelujah. My time is up, but I believe this short exhortation has revived your taste for God's word. I believe you are empowered to go out there and study scriptures. Make it a daily habit. Read it with all your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He is the teacher. Jesus said, I have so many, to teach, so many things to tell you, but you cannot understand. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. So you take your Bible in the morning, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, that you want to understand what is written. And the Holy Spirit will do that. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Put your hands together for the Lord.